Hello and welcome to this episode of Superhero Ethics. Today we're talking about Batman Returns, the second of the Michael Keaton, Tim Burton team-up movies. Uh, we're getting into that with myself, Paul Hoppy, and Ashley Coffin, talking about the ethical issues around Batman, the look, the feel, the tone, looking at how this movie fits into our understanding of who Batman is as we get ready for the Batman movie coming out in March, and asking, is this our Batman? All that and more after a commercial break we have no control over. But maybe Max Shrek does. Welcome back. I'm Matthew, your host. I'm um, joined, as I said, by Ashley Coffin and Paul Hoppy. Ashley, um, you weren't able to join us last time, so so glad you're here. Um, I, this is a movie you're pretty fond of, if I understand correctly. Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies for nice. just so many reasons. Nice, nice. Well, really good to have you with us. Uh, Paul, good to have you back discussing Batman again. Yeah, it's it's nice to be back. I'm I'm also extra glad Ashley's here because I always always enjoy podcasting with with Ashley, but also <laughs> I rewatched the movie and like didn't love it so it'll be nice to have you know a more positive voice there's a lot i like about it and it's not yeah. like i'm just going to be trashing it or anything but there's there's some <laughs> there's some things yeah i i did not love it the first time i saw it as a kid uh i think it came out like 92 something yeah. like that um rewatching it again now I, I don't think it, it, it is not to me on the same level as the first one or a lot of the other. Like, I think it's definitely in, like, not my top tier of Batman movies. But I definitely think there's a lot more that I got out of the movie than I saw, than I got out of it when I was a kid. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting kind of hearing uh, both your perspectives on this. Um, and let's just start with kind of a plot summary. Um, Paul, uh, having given you no preparation at all, do you want to just, for those who haven't seen this movie before or haven't uh, remembered it, give kind of a quick... 30-second, one-minute plot summary? Yeah, cool. Um, it's an origin story for Penguin and Catwoman. And there's a business businessman who's like Max Lord, but isn't Max Lord. He's Max Shrek, or he's Shrek, um, which is a weird name for him to have. And I guess Batman's <laughs> also in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's pretty well put. Yeah, it, it's... Um... We, we get the Catwoman origin story. She's the secretary for Max Shrek. He's, you know, evilbusinessperson.org. Um... He wants to uh, take over the city because the mayor's getting in the way of his dreams for a power plant. Um, and meanwhile, this penguin guy has been down in the sewers doing penguin <laughs> things. Is he a man-eater? Is he not? And so Max kind of pulls Penguin out into the light and makes him a hero and then orchestrates for Penguin to run for mayor. And all this time, uh, Selena Kyle, Max, Max's uh, secretary, is trying to... He, uh, executive to, assistant executive assistant thank you um <laughs> she gets thrown out a window and a bunch of cats lick her and so she becomes Catwoman. Uh, i think it's the chewing look, on the finger that turns which is Catwoman, still right? a very difficult scene for me to watch and i love horror it grosses yeah. me out really mm -hmm. the magic Ugh. realism of this movie will definitely be discussing um but at the end penguin reveals that he's penguin um Catwoman winds up being a pseudo-ally, pseudo-not, as we'll discuss. She kills Max Shrek. We think she might have died, but we see her at the very last frame of the movie. And Batman, like, fights crime. But, um, like... Batman gets kind of... framed a lot. Yeah, Batman yeah. gets framed a lot. Exactly. Well, and so let's, let's kind of go from there into kind of um, general impressions of the movie. Because, to me, I think the most interesting thing about it, and... You'd think this is a bad thing, but I actually kind of really like it. Is that, as you said, Paul, Batman is a very small part of this movie. And even more so, 
Batman doesn't have a character arc in this movie. Like, this feels to me a lot like an epic... I think we've often talked before about how we don't like the the idea that in a movie you have to kind of question the premise every single mm. time. Mm -hmm. This feels like an episode, you know? Yeah. Batman is Batman at the beginning, he's Batman at the end. It's just... It, it's the, like, Catwoman and Penguin episode of Tim Burton Batman. I think that's well put. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to like, it's funny because you're right, because I have to sit here and think about like what Batman was doing. But it's because like, I wonder, I would love to know more about how this film was made, because I would wonder if right. that was the initial storyline or if these two actors just like had roles written for them that were just so perfect. Because like Danny mm -hmm. DeVito has been in a lot of great movies. But for me, this is one of like his best roles. And it's very like, I don't know, he's intense. He's funny. And Catwoman, like, that year, I was Catwoman for Halloween. Like, she <laughs> yeah. started my love of, like, the tortured villain. Like, you're a villain, but you're not a villain. But, you know, more Punisher-style mm -hmm. kind of vigilante yeah. villain that I love and, you know, yeah. as an adult aspire to be. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. There was a lot. The, the Batman of it all <laughs> was just, like, but he was a ploy. <laughs> Yeah, like I'd be kind of curious what the salaries were, and I, I mean, Michael Keaton is the star, ten million. he's the top billing. Is that is that real? Yeah, yeah. Michael Keaton made ten million. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer okay. made three million. Oh no! Which was two million more than the originally um, intended uh, actress for for Catwoman. Right. How much did Danny DeVito make? Um, I don't know that. Uh, I think okay. Annette Bening was originally going to be Catwoman. Oh, Michelle, well, I, can see, I no. can see it, but Michelle was a much better choice. Yeah. She was fantastic, yeah. But yeah, clearly, to me, it's, I mean, in terms of, like, amount paid per line of dialogue or moment on screen, uh, Michael Keaton is, is making one hell of a good deal. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> not quite Mark Hamill in, in The Force Awakens, but true, true. <laughs> top billing plus millions well, for zero lines of dialogue, but... So I guess that's kind of my, my overall impression is like, I, I love that it's not an origin story for, it's not a Batman movie. And I, I mean, it's a Batman movie, but like it doesn't have to have a plot hook. I love that for Batman. I like the two characters. Yeah, some of it just doesn't grab me, but overall, like I, I like the kind of social commentary aspects. Um, actually for you, what makes this movie so good? It's, there's some parts of this movie that are kind of unforgettable for me. Like, um, doing theater and as an actor and see like the freak out Selena Kyle's freak out. Like that's just, it just looked like it was the most fun thing in the world to do. <laughs> it's one of the best freak outs I've ever seen on screen. And like, this is when you're getting introduced to like a very different kind of Catwoman from, you know, like the Adam West stuff. And, right. you know, we're seeing like, she's well, we don't really get the full story of how it happened, which, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know um but coming back and like getting in her boss's face the kind of way that she did like sure he's like i'll mm -hmm. just push her out a high window but still like there's just this empowerment in her character that as a young girl really stood out for me and then it's christmas movie which i we watch it on christmas eve every year so there's something about the whole christmas aspect um I don't know. I just, I really love the journey that it goes on. And it almost, I feel like you're like going down this hole with Bruce Wayne. Like there's these two dominating people and you don't know, like, what are you going to do about it? 
Yeah. It's something like the Joker was one thing, but I feel like he was supposed to be a very young Bruce Wayne, even though that's, you know, they picked Michael Keaton, who is amazing, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't think think, he was ready for them. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like um, that scene is is definitely one of the best scenes in this movie. Um, It... I mean, where she like literally paints it black. She's just painting everything black, and oh, the, that pink apartment. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> where with the the hello there sign that turns into hell here. Ugh, beautiful. And one of the things that I think sets her off is you know she's got these messages on her machine, right? And one of them is from Gotham Lady Perfume, and <laughs> Selena like, Kyle. It, it's so creepy. Like the thing, it's like yeah. your boss will be asking you to stay late for a candlelight dinner for two. Like uh, sexual harassment much? Like <laughs> that, but that that's like what you should want, you know, as an employee right. is like to get with the boss or whatever. It's like, I don't know. And then, then she like busts out and becomes Catwoman, basically. The best um, movie like, scream. <laughs> you know, what, we, we talked a little bit this about, we talked a little bit about this last time, Paul, but I think in this movie even more, <clears throat> There's sort of a time. I feel like there's no clear sense of what time this is. Ha- this movie is happening in terms of like what date. Oh, like you know? what era? Yeah, because like all the men, all the men, especially the journalists, but all of them are wearing hats. You know, mm-hmm. and to me, that's like that hasn't been a thing since the '50s, really, if, if even before that. Like, and there's there's so much about it that kind of like we talked about this with the TV show Gotham sometimes. That that is kind of like you know it's not quite set in a particular moment in time. And, and there's a timelessness to Go- Gotham is kind of stuck in the noir era uh, mm-hmm. that I do think that this movie kind of conveyed. And that, that advert to me, like that advertisement is straight out of Mad Men, you know, oh, it's sure, very yeah. much a like 1950s thing. Yeah. I wish I love, um, I'm so like biased against this movie because it has so many things that I love. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so uh, I want to get into specific details, but yeah, Paul, for you kind of generally, what, what didn't you love about this movie? Um, I mean, I feel like the plot's a mess. Like, the plot and pacing (laughs) are just a mess. And I feel like it doesn't get us into... I Like, I feel like I don't care about what's happening a lot of the time. Sometimes there's Mm. cool stuff that's happening, and I'm enjoying the scene. But, like, within the context of the movie, I'm like, I don't really know what Penguin wants. Like, we spend some time with him and Shrek, and, like, you know, having a Batman movie where he's, like, not that much of the movie like knowing that like i could see like watching it again clearly with that in mind might be kind of make it more enjoyable i can kind of see how if you love the movie like re-watching it is actually like kind Mm -hmm. of in some ways better than watching it for the first time i actually remember the experience of being in the theater and like for the first half hour just being like what is going on like where's batman (laughs) you know and i think that can be cool um, I think for like the second movie in potentially a series, you know, it's it's ambitious. I've seen this described as like the first blockbuster art house film or something. You know? <laughs> I think and it's so real. It really does feel like I think they went through at least six scripts. Um, there was uh-huh. originally it was going to be about Penguin and Catwoman, uh, Catwoman hunting for like hidden treasure, and which seems very in character with them, like them wanting. Right material wealth right that's kind of mm-hmm. Catwoman's a cat burglar penguins usually this sort of business kind of gangstery yeah. kind of guy right and here Catwoman wants vengeance that's it right like she like she's gotten liberation and now she wants vengeance basically and mm-hmm. penguin 
wants vengeance. <laughs> and, you know, and I mean, Penguin, like in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm like, I feel sorry for like this little kid. Like, whatever is this little kid? And like, what? His parents think he's ugly. So, oh, he ate the cat. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I knew that was not going to happen. Is that when you would throw him over the frozen bridge? That's when I would throw him out a higher window. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I there's like a lot about kind of what it does that I like. But I just mm-hmm. feel like the way it gets there, it feels to me like a movie that went through tons of rewrites and doesn't have this like tight narrative, but has yeah. a lot of great moments. I, I think that's a good way of putting it because. I don't want to get into Penguin specifically, but even just going on the Batman part, yeah, I, think, I definitely had that first reaction as well. I I was paying attention. The first time that we see Bruce Wayne on screen early on when they light up the bat signal and he's just sitting in the dark waiting for it, yeah. which is one of the most <laughs> Bruce Wayne moments I've ever seen in my life. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his first line of spoken dialogue is, I think, at 36 minutes into the right, movie. Right. Like, and, and yeah... It, I, I kind of think maybe part of it is that there's not much for him dialogue wise. There's not much for him character development wise. Although, <clears throat> excuse me. There's not much for him character development wise. Although the romance between him and Selena Kyle is fantastic, and I'll say more about mm-hmm. that in a moment. But also, he doesn't get to have many cool toys. Like I did kind of wonder if maybe part of the problem was in the well, he has the boat, but like in well, the first movie, and then the movie, Batmobile breaks apart and becomes that torpedo that can go down through. Okay. Yeah, point and then let us tear it apart. Okay, sure. <laughs> the penguins. I feel like in the first movie we got so much of like look at every cool thing Batman can do mm. between like the plane and the car and the different gadgets that there wasn't anything in this movie where I was like, oh my god, Batman can do that too. Um, and yeah, the Batmobile can do some new kind of cool things, but I I, I think that that having Batman be a to me, I think like the, the movie did two things. One of which is have Batman not need to be the central character in terms of character growth. The other is just significantly reduce his screen time. And maybe you can like, maybe you don't have to do both of those things. You know, you could have done the first one and the second one, at least give him up some, like, I don't think there's a fight scene in this movie that I remember as being at all interesting. Um, yeah. Except not, maybe, maybe Catwoman and Batman. Yeah, 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 that's about it. But that's that's like really almost like the only scene I can think of that's like real like hand to hand fighting. And I I feel the opposite in terms of the toys. I hear what you're saying, and like maybe the toys don't feel as cool as they did in mm-hmm. the first movie. But I feel like they were leaning into them so heavily. Like he's just constantly he doesn't attack the guy. He like hits the thing behind him and then pulls the wall onto him okay, you know, he's got this batarang that he programs to hit a bunch of people. Like, yeah. what's that? Like, the car breaking apart. Like, I don't know. I remember when, at that moment in the theater, like, it kind of lost me. It, it feels like this very sequelitis. Like, what do we think people want to see? Okay, let's go more with the toys. And I felt That's the fair. fight scenes felt boring because maybe it's because they came with more sort of gadgets, but they weren't really interesting, clever ideas. But also mm-hmm. to me, it's just like, you know, I want to see him sidekick someone. You know, I want, <laughs> yeah. I want that hand-to-hand well, fighting. He was still in the stage where they couldn't move. And that goes to the next, like, two Batman movies. They put that cowl on them and they can't move their heads. So you're very limited with what you can do with an actor. Yeah, but in but, the first movie, I feel like they did a better job with it anyway. Like, I, 
I yeah, he, yeah. he got his legs up pretty high. There's some pretty awesome kicks in the first. Yeah, movie. there's not. Well, a on lot, this one, he's yeah, not going to kick Catwoman like, in the face. I mean, that's I mean, funny. When he she's does. Like, throw... How could you? And he's like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, Dude, like I'm a <laughs> woman and shouldn't be taken for granted. She's so good at playing off of like dumb male chauvinism. How could you? I'm a woman. That's the line. I just I just feel like the fight scenes don't feel compelling. You know, the yeah. only fight scene that I felt at all invested in was the one between Batwoman, Batwoman yeah. and Catman. Yeah, great. Okay, cool. You know, I, you heard I, what I, I, meant. I, I think we kind of came to the same place, and that was kind of my point. Is that it felt like there wasn't enough. Like, if it's not going to be interesting doing speaking things, at least make the other stuff he's doing interesting. Yeah, I agree with that totally. And and, and to me, I think one part of it is, you know, uh, actually the last last episode we talked about how in the last third of the movie, Batman kind of becomes the Punisher in ways we didn't really love in terms of like using guns and missiles and having really bad aim when it comes to shooting the Joker. But, you know, uh, <laughs> right, right. And, and but that you don't think that was on and, purpose because he's Batman. Well, no, because he clearly kills a bunch of other people. Oh, um, and in this movie, when there was some of the like pulling out pavement to hit people and things like that, I was kind of like, oh, OK, are you showing us that Batman is going to ingenious lengths? to incapacitate people without killing them. Okay, cool. Maybe, oh, nope, he just straight up killed that guy. Um, he, what, like he threw the guy with the bomb down the, the hole and then he blew up. Like He's mm. just sleeping. Mm, mm, He's just yeah, sleeping. Just yeah, that, that, that was the moment where I was like, eh, okay. So, all right, so putting aside Batman, um, let's talk about the three villains because I, I think the thing I like most about this movie is the interplay between those three and, and each of their three characters being so interesting. Um, and, and I want to kind of talk about like the each of them individually, but just starting with, I, I think one of the questions the movie really asks in such a great way is with Catwoman kind of being sort of an anti-hero, but especially with Penguin and Shrek, the question is like, who's the real monster? You know, Penguin looks like a monster and does monstrous things. He eats cats, among other things, or ate one cat. Uh, Shrek looks like a respectable businessman, but over the course of the movie, like until maybe Tim Burton is just really bad at the last act of movies. Cause also like Penguin feels like such an interesting character to me. Who's not the monster that Max is until he just decides, okay, well, Catwoman didn't sleep with me. So now I hate her, which was an awful moment. And also the city doesn't like me. So now I'm going to blow it all up or steal all their kids. Like, I, I, I feel like he kind of got you. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like the penguin always was a monster, but it's like he wasn't He's... a monster because of how he looked. That was like, we were supposed to overcome that prejudice and then realize like, Oh, but he, he's a monster because he is a monster. Maybe it's because he was, you know, not treated well as a child, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But, like, he is actually what he wants is like revenge on a bunch of kids who weren't the people who wronged him. Right. The right. people who wronged him are dead. And like, so he just, yeah, I feel like he's not this like very complex character. He's trying to pretend to be misunderstood, but he's actually not. Well, it's the whole oh, see, Batman I, I, scene with the with the disc when he actually yeah. records what he thinks about the city, and on yeah. the other side, you know, it's kind of like look at Wilson Fisk. I think Wilson Fisk really believed that what he was doing for some part was the best for the city. But the yeah. Penguin always knew, always had these other plans. He had the plans to collect the children before he was mayor because that's what they were working on up in his attic, whatever, like, secret, like, lair where they, like, inducted him into being mayor. 
So he always kind of had this backup plan or was always going to do that anyway. And But if it had all worked out perfectly for him, that would have stopped it. But that was never going to happen because that's just not the way the world works. I, I guess to me, like the three of us were the ones who discussed The Witcher. I like I kind of see Max Max Shrek as like Stregobor and Penguin as like one of the monsters they're fighting in terms of like because okay. the story that well, Max know, of, killed his friend. I mean, like he's a murderer. Yeah, Max even is before just a Selena horrible, Kyle. Horrible person. Yeah, no, that, that's yeah, my yeah, point. Yeah, Ma- is the maximum bad in in the way. Evil, right? yeah, that, yeah, yeah. My point because he's sort of like I am malevolently plotting evil. Right. Yeah. Whereas with P- Penguin, I got I mean like the kitten like yeah it's awful but like it, it's like a he's a feral beast. Right. Right. And where I, the development that I thought I saw from him was. He was definitely that kind of very feral creature, completely unsocialized, like not a good person by any means. And the fact that Max and then the whole city kind of wants to embrace him is is meant to be kind of ridiculous because he's clearly not a heroic figure. He saved the mayor's baby. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. But it's but that it's when he realizes that Max was playing him and the whole thing falls apart on him. That's kind of his last turn into being you know, even more like now I'm going to want to um, take out all the, the kids in the city. And but stuff he like already that. had all the plans, yeah, like all the, the names. names. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I, I, th- that's I fair. think and, and that's sort of like where actually the part of I like a lot about Batman outside of the fight scenes in this movie where I like mm-hmm. that he's very much a detective. I like that he sees Penguin yes. and he sees through his bullshit, basically. Mm-hmm. And he does detective work and he figures it out. And, <clears> you know, he records this, you know, hijacking of the Batmobile on on a disc and then somehow the scratches the CD to make it repeat. Like, that's not how that technology works. But that that felt to me like they were like, oh, it's the 90s. Let's do so. You know, I was like, mm, mm, no. but, And I yeah. love that everything's the bat everything. Like, even the CD player was like the bat symbol. The bat CD player. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Marketing. But like, I, that, he, he is like trying to outsmart, you know, I mean, he outsmarts Penguin, basically. And like, that's, right. that I enjoy. The, the fighting scenes... You know, particularly like where, you know, that woman's on the ledge and then the bats are there and then she like falls off and he's just like, oh, I, I guess she fell. I'm like, not my Batman. Like, the ice yeah. princess. Really? <laughs> he told her not to move. Right. He did tell her not to move and then she moved. So but then I the, guess, like know, she fell and then the cops showed up. Oh, he should have right. dove off and tried to save yeah, her like immediately. That's how Batman does. What's the point of all those yeah. gadgets if you're not going to jump off the top of a building, grab someone, shoot some grappling hook, and then land like you know about four feet from the ground, if that? Right. Yeah. Like maybe he has a Garfield moment and she doesn't make it, and that's part of how he party gets framed. But yeah, him just standing there and being like, "Oops!" Like that, n- not my Batman. The I cops show up pretty quick though. Yeah, they were already yeah, there, yeah, yeah. right? Because there was a thing going on. Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole point was Penguin was trying to frame Batman right. to make him look like, and they yeah. like the cops and, shoot him off the the top, and that's when he glides down. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and and, and I, I think you I think you guys are both right. I, I was maybe overstating it. It's not that I think that Penguin is a good character at mm-hmm. all. It's that I think I think it does set something up where I, I do think Max is worse. Like to me, yeah. What what Shrek in won, a way. at least until at least until that last act and for something for me and maybe this is who the Penguin always is, but. Having him change so quickly on Catwoman because mm. she rejects him sexually or romantic sexually pretty clearly in such like viciously like oh you're a tease you're all right I, right yeah I just he hate makes it. she's like I wouldn't touch you to scratch you 
Yeah. <laughs> She's the best. Yeah. You set out all the I, signals. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you wanted the penguin to, like, that the penguin was pretending to be a character that you would have found more mm-hmm. interesting. And that the movie wasn't necessarily telling an incoherent story about who this penguin is, but that who this penguin is is less interesting than the penguin you want. That's fair. And, That's certainly very fair. And I have and, seen and that, more interesting pe- penguins. I feel like the Gotham penguin yeah. is, you know, more interesting. Some of the animated penguins have a little bit more nuance a lot of the time. And I wonder if that also is due to some of the script, uh, the script rewrites. Uh, is that maybe. there may have been a version of the of the movie? Because I think a lot of the stuff. I think you're supposed to feel fairly sympathetic for for Penguin in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, one thing I thought was interesting is they there's kind of this whole Moses motif. Yeah, yeah. Like that's deliberate. The, the, yeah. Yeah, the bassinet floating on the water, and then like the the, the slaying of the firstborn. Yeah. I mean, it was very like I don't know where this is going. Right, but, right. But yeah, I, I kind of wonder maybe like there's some parts of it that I think are clearly written to be like Max is the real monster, Penguin is the the victim who's become a monster, but then probably later rewrites are like no, but let's just make Penguin evil, you know? So, um, all right, anything else on uh, Mr. Pengi before we move on to our next contestant? Uh, I'm good. Mm. Uh, oh, I mean, just like you know, um, you know, My in the duck. And, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. He, I, I feel like the performance is, like, so over the top, but it works. It's so but, good. But I feel like it takes – I actually had the opposite feeling you had where it took me most of the movie to kind of buy him as, like, okay, this is this guy, you know, and <laughs> and to be like, all right, let's just go with it. Whereas in the beginning, I was kind of like, mm, I don't know. Like, Ugh, it, it didn't, it, it kind of doesn't work for me in the beginning. And then it kind of, and maybe on a rewatch, like, and I mean, this was a rewatch, but it was a rewatch decades later. Like, yeah. I watched both movies in the theater, and then I had both on VHS, right? And, uh, but I watched the first movie a lot, and like, maybe I rewatched the other one once. But like I just I just didn't re- this one right I just didn't I, watch this a bunch of times so this is almost like a new viewing so I I know that at least once when the the fourth movie was about to come out we had a like marathon of the first three at my house that I think you were at yeah I didn't watch them all though I, I don't think I've ever seen Batman Forever in its entirety for the record <laughs> well we're probably gonna change that yeah. um <laughs> all right so uh, what about Mr Max Shrek what do we think of him. I mean, it's Christopher Walken. They couldn't have gotten a better person to play that role. Yeah. But between the three of them, there's not a piece of scenery that does not have teeth marks. Yeah, on it. it is all, it is <laughs> all like... been devoured. <laughs> he like he feels over the top villainous, but like in a real world way, mm-hmm. where right. he's like, "I'm doing this for my son Chip." You know, chippers. it's like I'm a good guy. It's for chippers. You know, and like that scene <laughs> of of him like throwing out the presents. To the people in the mm-hmm. crowd, it, like that felt very 2017 to me. Yeah, Trump throwing paper towels. Yeah, yeah. In Puerto and it's Rico. like, okay, these aren't paper towels, and those aren't you know um, people right. who just had a hurricane go through. But they live in Gotham, which I think is kind of like <laughs> having a hurricane go through every day almost. <laughs> I think that's just so many town. clown attacks. So many clown yeah. attacks. Uh, I, I mean, if we we keep. I feel like to me, I think over the top is kind of the definition of this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like. It, Schumacher takes it into camp, which I think I used to hate, but now have a real appreciation mm. for. This, I just feel like it's just the like, 
this feels much more like a comic book movie than the first one did. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. even Selena Kyle, as badass as she is, if this was, like, a serious movie, I, I would be la- – I would laugh – I would, like, no, come on. No human being talks like right. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like, she's doing this, her Catwoman voice. <laughs> this is, yeah. like, Camp Noir. And yes, that's, that's maybe it. that's, that's like perfect. why I love it because there's something about yeah. the darkness, the makeup, the mm-hmm. music yeah. is one of my favorite scores of any movie ever. Oh, like, it's amazing. I just and the mood that it all sets when you put it together is like I'm like, I want to live in that Gotham because I think I would thrive. But that's my <laughs> personality. Right, right. <laughs> but like in some ways, uh, Ashley, did you see the TV show Gotham? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. This noir camp feels kind of similar. Like, I think Gotham would also very much qualify as noir camp. And this Mm. movie feels very similar in tone to that in terms of, like, it's timeless. Everything is over the top. Everything is – there's a lot of exclamation marks in the script, you know? Yeah. I mean, the complaints about the movie from, like, most of the people who made complaints at the time were, like, it's too dark. It's too adult. It's too serious and brooding. And it's like – um, did we see the same movie? Like, it is visually dark. Like, some of right. the themes are dark, but they're definitely treated in, like, a, a dark comedy kind of way, I think. And mm-hmm. I'd say right. this one, the first one is definitely the one that I like the most. This one feels the most Tim Burton. Like, I yeah. feel like the first one was successful, yeah. so it was like, all right, I get to do this kind of how I want. Yeah, it, just know? the Arctic, like, park. Yeah, You yeah. know, the animal, like, everything oh, yeah. just looks so, all the penguins... Yeah, the, the napalm penguins. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and this gets—I I made this uh, reference before, but I want to maybe just kind of bring it up as a topic now. To me, one of the words I think of for this movie is magical, magical realism. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of like there are things happening that don't make sense by the laws of our natural world, but that are also never like you know. In Marvel, we talk about how there's always some sort of like line of pseudo babble science or mysticism, and like starch. But here, like, you know. How is Penguin born the way he is? Right. It's a birth defect. Or like Catwoman. Cat Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. Like she, she she clearly gains powers of some extent. Like yeah. certainly her, you know, she went through like she got like a Neo level matrix download of yeah. martial arts. And you get nine lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah she yeah. died and then undied. She repeatedly. dies many times. Yeah, yeah, many times. I think she I, has one life left at the end that's of That's why she yeah. I, I kept waiting for it to show that she had a bulletproof vest and was kidding, but no, she meant it about the many oh, yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah. She She's gets just shot. like, I got nine lives. How do I know this? Yeah. Batman know. killed Catwoman. me. You <laughs> killed and, and me. I, Three left. <laughs> I, I just brought that up now because to me that's also very much a Tim Burton thing mm-hmm. of like there's spookiness, there's weirdness, you don't understand it, don't ask questions. Yeah. And I feel like no this movie did that necessary or given. a lot more. And and I don't I don't mind it, but it's definitely different, very different. Agreed. Yeah. Um, does the fact that we jumped off the topic so quickly say something about Max Shrek as like Christopher Walken's a great actor and he chews some scenery, but like it's basically just Lex Luthor. I mean, yeah, without a uh, lot even of less parts? than that. Max Shrek is just a facilitator for moving the plot along. Like we need the guy, you know, he killed Selena Kyle and he just happens to be the guy who helps get uh, Penguin in power and runs the second that. Things go sideways, and that's where everything starts to go to shit. So he's really just kind of like the facilitator of all yeah. the bad things that are happening in the movie. All three. The Bruce Wayne thing with the power plant. He killed Selena Kyle and going with and then turning against the Penguin. We need, you know, if Batman's yeah. not going to do it, we need somebody to deal with these villains. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> exactly. I mean, to me, he's like the script doctor. 
He's like, <laughs> how are we going to make all these things work? It's like, Max Shrek will fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, I think, he's, you know, it's like a very simple character archetype, um, I think, executed flawlessly by Walken, you know, and um, I mean, I think it would make a great Lex Luthor, too, you know? Yeah, I agreed. Um, at first, I had to look up. I was like, is this stag? Like, because he reminded me a lot, like, with the hair and stuff of um, that stag from, uh, usually from Wonder Woman, I think, um, hmm. who also shows up in the Justice League animated series. But mm-hmm. um, but he's not. They just made up a new character. Um, right. And I think it would have been a very unmemorable, kind of irrelevant feeling character if it wasn't Christopher Walken giving that 100%. You know, it's yeah. like nothing he does is that interesting, but the way he does it. Exactly. Yeah. Is. I mean, he's generic evil capitalist. Exactly. In a hundred different movies, but you're right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's very he's fitting. He's genuinely scary in that scene with with uh, Selena Kyle before he pushes oh, her yeah. out the window. Like when he's in her, yeah. like, oh, it's very tense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, especially because one of the things that I loved about that scene is, and this kind of gets more into like the Gotham of it all that we'll get to later. I, I don't think there's a better way the filmmakers could have shown us this is a person who has zero thought that he will ever be held accountable for anything. Yeah. Because, like, if I'm a cop and I find the dead body and then I look up and I see a broken window and I figure out that this woman used to work for the guy with the broken window, I think I know where to start my investigation. Well, she flat out says it. But, She's like, it's not like you can just kill me. And he's like, actually, it's a lot it's, like that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, it's why I, 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 uh, I love that shot so much. Cinematography yeah, like, wise in that shot, the way that they have her shadows bouncing off of like her face, the way like they had like a, a light, a ring light, and it makes like these cat kind of shadows oh, yeah. over her eyes. Like I love stuff like that, which is all like uh, the cinematography in this movie is beautiful. It really is. It definitely is. Word. Uh, let's talk about uh, actually. You know, you've been kind of chomping at the bit to get more into this. Let's talk about Selena Kyle, Catwoman. What do we love? What What do you think of this this this, this portrayal of the character? I like it's it's what I like. I'm going to claim a new term, and it's called evil feminism. And I really love what she's doing <laughs> with it because, like, you know, she's she's kind of tough in the beginning. She's standing up to them. You know, she steals that uh, shocker. What What do you call them? Taser. A taser. Yeah. She yeah. steals that taser and like kind of tases the guy. So you get right away like she's tough, but like you're not super superhero or villain tough. And then she goes through this traumatic thing and decides like I'm gonna come back and just wreak havoc on the people that did this to me and I'm gonna get there any way I can. But then she starts to kind of fall in love with Batman and uh, and it gets in her head and it's just such a well I don't know, Michelle Pfeiffer just did such a good job with this role. Yeah. I think especially because she sells so well both she sells Selena Kyle both before and after the transformation. Yes. You know, I've seen other versions like this where like you look at the character before the thing happens and you're just like, I don't believe you mm-hmm. as a nebbishy person who you look like a gorgeous person who hasn't brushed their hair. Right. Like, um, and I think I mean part of it's the makeup and the costumes for sure, but just her she portrayed nebbishy and shy and like wallflower that gets walked over by everyone mm-hmm. so well in a way that I felt made the transformation to Catwoman as ridiculous and ununderstandable as it is <laughs> completely like it worked you know that's so why I love the scene where like when we first see her and she's in this board meeting and like that's my job during the day like mm. I'm the go- one going in 
giving coffee to all of the people at work. Like that is daily when we have meetings. That is my job to to in the middle be like, well, I have an idea. There's just yeah. something about that scene I love so much as because like I sometimes think like at my work, like I'm like, how do I know the right thing to do? And you are right. all sitting here like payroll, this and that, like right. I know the right thing to do, but none of you do. But I can't, you're not going to listen to me. So even the fact that like this meek character did that show, like I don't know, there's just some there's something about all the little things she does in this movie that as a young girl kind of resonated with me and sticks with me as throughout my adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, you probably see the mistakes they make over and over and over, and they can't see them because they're making them. And, that, like, I think that's definitely a thing a lot of the time, you know. But um, I feel like that scene does sell her as kind of someone who's going to evolve into Catwoman. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I do feel, though, kind of in this movie, like, there is no Selena Kyle, only Catwoman. Like, yeah. like, once she becomes Cat, like, it's very different from most of the other Catwomans that I yeah. am familiar with and, and enjoy where Selena Kyle is a person who dresses up as Catwoman and like Catwoman is her alter ego, but like there isn't this like disconnect between those, right? It's not right. like this felt very much like, um, you know, Patty Jenkins and I think Jeff Johns, right? Wrote the script to Wonder Woman 84 and it feels like mm -hmm. they just saw this and then they're like, Oh, let's capture that and turn her into um, you know, what's her name? Tigress. Yeah. Tiger. Yeah. yeah. And, but here it's, you know, done better and it's done 30 almost years earlier, mm -hmm. which feels like some of the things that you do, like, I feel don't, I don't know. Um, like that, that board meeting, I feel like that plays better than, than it does now. You know, even if it's like, yeah. unfortunately still a relatable moment, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but just like that also in this Gotham that feels kind of like it's fifties ish. You know, yeah. it feels like, well, yeah, you know. Yeah. My other favorite scene with her is the masquerade ball oh, when yeah. they're dancing. And then she's just in, like in the middle of the dance floor, just pulls out the gun like, I'm going to kill him. And he's <laughs> yeah, like, right. what are yeah. you doing? And she's just got that. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, just going to do it. I just and then they like have the reveal, the mistletoe mm -hmm. thing. And they're like, oh, right. uh oh, or do we start fighting now? And I just I absolutely love Oh. That scene. And I feel like that's kind of the fight between Catwoman and Selena Kyle in that mm. scene. Okay. Yeah. The, the scene where they figure out who each other, like, I, I think that is one of my favorite, like, it, actually, this is funny because my two favorite moments where two people realize who each other's alternate identity is both involve Michael Keaton. Because it's it's this oh. it's this moment, yeah, yeah. and then it's him and Tom Holland in the car yeah, where oh, they figure yeah. out that so they're Spider Man and Vulture. It's like it's totally different. But I remember I was like, he's done this twice. This yeah. is so good. I think one of the things with Catwoman that I was noticing, is, and Paul, I'm wondering if this is kind of what you're talking about about how different it is. It, she's always flirting with Batman, and there's sometimes stories where they get together, mm -hmm. but she's she is a she's a member of the Rogues Gallery, right? She does villainous things, and she's not often like Eartha Kitt was sexy as hell and wonderful, but she wasn't like she wasn't like anti-hero levels of like righteous revenge that she's getting. She just wanted to steal stuff right. and hurt people along the way, and I I think here and and also to some extent with um in Batman Forever, although there at least she starts out as a burglar, it's something like when you have her on screen, she's you mean the Dark Knight. 
Rises. What, what did rises. I say? He said Batman okay. Forever. The Dark Knight Forever. Oh, God. No. <laughs> oh, God. No. Yeah. Oof. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. In the, in the Dark Knight Rises as well, they, they move her from being a villain to an antihero. You know, where it's like she's... She has, she wants to do things that Batman wants to stop, but she also, like, we as the audience are very sympathetic towards mm-hmm. her. Um, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that portrayal. I just, I think it's kind of interesting that they shy away from the, like, no, nah, I mean, she maybe not as bad as as Joker. She doesn't want to kill people, but, like, she's just robbing people to make herself rich. Like, she's not, you know, yeah. on this great feminist crusade the way that this character is. So she I, pretends I love that to she be, is. like, a, a Robin Hood type thing. Like, she steals for herself, yeah. but then she also, like helps the others or yeah yeah i think some versions a lot of catwoman portrayals um she is a little bit of a robin hood character like she's often like she wants the jewels for herself but also like Mm -hmm. she's usually got like some ward or something she's got a bunch of cats she's feeding like Mm -hmm. i i think she is very much (laughs) an anti-hero or uh, maybe she's an anti-villain i'm not sure but like yeah you know She's, it's, it's kind of like the scene where she saves the chick from getting robbed or whatever was happening right. there. And yeah. then she grabs her face. And I, I love this scene because she's like, you know, so easy to just scream for someone to come save you. Like, toughen up, save yeah. yourself. And that, like, I I can get that, like, lack of empathy for people who mm-hmm. seem weaker. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I feel like I'm working through my own stuff here right now. Um, but like, I, I totally get that scene. Like she felt like a victim her whole life. So now while she's this new life, you know, when she sees that other person, she saves her, but she's also like, you know, some Batman's not always going to come save you. Yeah. Get it. Which felt very pointed for a person who Batman came and saved. Like that was a little (laughs) bit of projection in that moment. But yeah, no, but I think it it was like today, I think if I watched that, I'd be like, Ooh, victim blaming much. Um, oh yeah, like, big time. I, I, yeah, yeah. The, but I the, get... Yeah, there was a little sort of unsavoriness to that, but at the same time, like, <sighs> yeah. But it, but at the time this is made, and even more like in the fifties idea. Yeah, I totally get that idea of like, look, I I can I can protect myself. You don't have to just be a waif in the corner. I have a fun right. fact: that scene where she takes the mannequins' heads off with the whip. Mm-hmm, yeah, she uh-huh. did that in one take, and that was actually Michelle Pfeiffer. Wow. And it, nice. it's on YouTube. The whole crew oh, yeah. and everybody's just clap clapping like nice. yeah first take oh, yeah actually her I I mean she she yeah that she trained hard for the role I mean getting she in that role role and it works her, uh, whip instructor I think she like cut her chin or something by she's yeah. very good <laughs> yeah well and just back to the whole like where she's a victim I like how much of uh, Batman sixty six have you seen Paul. I mean, I show. watched most of the episodes when I was a kid, like on TV. Okay. I haven't deliberately, re- I haven't rewatched it in decades, yeah. I want to say. <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering, and this is something I, I, I might bring on Jessica Plummer for a later episode to, to get into, because she has a real knowledge of like, the history of comic books and she loves the Catwoman character. I do wonder how much of that kind of like more like she's sympathetic goals starts with this movie mm. or starts around this time. Or maybe like, because right. like Eartha Kitt, I think, was very much just villain. Mm-hmm. Um like and but you're right it, uh, like i think in in the batman tv in the batman the animated series she's often much more sympathetic uh have you guys seen the tv show harley quinn yeah in that one she's much uh, more back to just being like i just want to steal stuff like i'm not trying to be on some crusade uh and i i, I remember thinking like this is such an interesting new t- not new take on the character but like a uh a, a take i haven't seen in the character for a long time right 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, she's definitely a character who can play different roles in different stories. And here, you know, she she feels a little more huntress to me here, where I feel yeah. like she's not a villain, but she's an antagonist. And she's doing something that, like, maybe we're not supposed to approve of, but it's like... I don't know yeah. if you want to kill someone who killed you already and they're she like was, a billionaire who's yeah. screwing over the city. Like, eh. She, I love that she killed him herself and I love right. the way that she did it. But she didn't know about the Ice Princess stuff. She was like, you said you weren't going to kill her. Oh, that's right. Yeah, You yeah. know, so she was not privy to that information that that was going to happen. They were just supposed to kill Batman, which she was okay with. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Right. Well, yeah. I love and, a complicated character. <laughs> oh, no, it really is. I mean, there's so much depth to her. And it's one of my favorite Batman stories is Mask of the Phantasm, mm. which in some ways is a very similar dynamic in that he has a romantic interest in someone who it, who is like Batman, but then like clearly steps over that line from justice to vengeance, you know? And I think there's a little bit of that same thing here with him being like, yeah, Max Shrek is kind of terrible. We should take him down. But just like assassinating him, maybe not so much. Even though he does kill people. I mean, that it gets. <laughs> There's an incoherence, I think, Paul, was the word you used, that I think is pretty appropriate right, right. here. Um, th um, there is one Max Shrek quote, actually, that I just wanted to throw okay. in, which was, one can never have too much power. And yeah. I felt like that sort of summed up not just this character, but like, you know, all the characters and real life humans who this character represents. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, mm, yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> when it comes yeah. up to the expense of power for others, uh, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. I think, you know. One other just kind of cool thing about uh, Selena Kyle I wanted to mention, I think, I think actually you made a kind of pathing reference to this, but I wanted to like really, uh, 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 yeah, let me say it again. One other just kind of cool thing about Selena Kyle Catwoman that actually you brought up the whole movie feels like almost black and white, you know, especially like the scenes uh, in the underground, like the way it's lit, it looks black and white. And so in that, like Gotham is almost monochromatic, the aggressive bubblegum pink of everything right. in Selena Kyle's yeah. apartment is just so and refreshing. Her, and so everything's like, black and white, but she has that blue eyeshadow and the red lipstick. And it is yeah. just extreme against her alabaster skin in black and i remember like do, that's like where my passion for blue eyeshadow came like i just was like that that's the look and it yeah. didn't look great on me <laughs> <laughs> look like her at the end of the movie when she pulls it off because he is batman you idiot she's just got like the clockwork orange going on i'm right. like yes that's how i look like at the end of every party night <laughs> that was such a that was such a good scene yeah backing up to penguin also for one second the Penguin's henchmen are all clowns, or at least a lot of them are. Right. And I I wasn't sure was that like – I don't remember Penguin having a kind of like – A circus? Pseudo-Joker circus feel. Like, am I just forgetting that? Or was that supposed to be like, well, the Joker was successful, so maybe I'm going to do the same shtick? Or just the filmmakers were like, we just need more killer clowns because people are afraid of them and Joker? Yeah. What, what Why was – Penguin. He said I think of, rejects. Like he collects, you know, people right. who were like rejected. Right. I mean, after after Joker dies, like there's a bunch of out of work clown terrorists, and you know, <laughs> or maybe he made work. them dress up like that. I'm not sure. But my favorite of them is the blonde with the little dog. She was the best. She didn't do anything. She was just there. Oh. <laughs> oh, was she the narrator? The the penguins yeah. are one minute away from Penguins are one minute away. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was like I thought a, a nice way to put exposition in yeah. you know the end. Like usually it feels so awkward and forced. Here it was awkward like deliberately. Like it was like this is just it it, it fit with the surreal sort of yeah. you know, <laughs> My everything babies. going on. That, you know. The the mind controlled penguins by a little thing on their heads that's never explained in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, exactly. Just follow um, the I beep. think penguin henchmen are typically like are kind of inconsistent. Like Yeah. You know, I, they I all have, have like, henchmen, I feel like. Yeah, everybody's got henchmen, right? Penguin definitely has henchmen, but sometimes they're more like in business suits and sometimes they're more in clown outfits. I'm like, what's the difference? You know, <laughs> Doesn't yeah, matter. it's just an aesthetic choice. It's I, a- <laughs> I really liked all of his different umbrellas, all the weird oh, yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have the hypnotized one. one. You got the squeaky duck one. You got the machine gun one. My personal favorite. Um, you got the one that fly away. My pretty, you know, you've got the, mobile the end, one. For, go to kitty kids. heaven. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, he chooses the wrong yeah, one. He's like, ah, like I got the cute ah! one. I love that Fun. scene so much. And then yeah. the penguins come out and they're like, they push him in. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. There's it's Paul just love it. Yeah, I just right. love it so much. I just need yeah. a cool drink of ice water. <laughs> so good. I, I also just have to say, again, with a little exposition, Penguin is 33 years old in this movie. Allegedly. And that's I mean, granted, he's born with flippers, so maybe I shouldn't question his aging process. Sure. But like Danny DeVito was forty five at the time the movie was made, and he does not look like he's in his thirties. Yeah, that yeah, makeup no. like the makeup, the way they did it, like everything is just really it's very well done. It really is. For the yeah. time and everything. Like, I don't know. It was great. It reminds me of the uh Tim Burton, like the when uh, Gina Davis and what's his face and Beetlejuice when they mm-hmm pull their monster face like his whole nose just looks like that monster face from beetlejuice (laughs) that's fair so the last thing i wanted to really bring up was uh gotham itself we've talked about how you know paul you said like it's like a hurricane hits every day and it's so black and white i want to live there the the thing that i think i missed about it the first time and when i was younger and now this time i really got was i feel like there's kind of you know the first movie is kind of a comment on celebrity culture in terms of makeup and like belief of who's beautiful and stuff here, I feel like with the whole Penguin story, there's really kind of a comment being made about like how if the people who are thought to be important say this person is good and wonderful and trustworthy, that the people in the media and the press will just eat it up, you know? Yeah. Like the whole scene of like him becoming this hero figure when he's so clearly not um, or even just like, you know. Everyone's so excited to help run his political campaign, and he right. bites someone's nose off, and they're still just like, eh, "Cool, let's do it." Like, it doesn't sound like anything that happens nowadays, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, uh, ten years ago, I would have said this is ridiculous satire. Today, I'm like, "Oh, yeah, no, that kind of had a point." Well, we will look put... at how fast everyone turned on Batman. Like, what yeah. immediately? Yeah. It's uh, pretty telling. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely an interesting dynamic there. Yeah, so in terms of the look and feel of Gotham in this one, um, like I, I still enjoy the aesthetic and the like the lighting and the cinematography are amazing. Snowy and Christmas. Yeah, the snowy, this you know, like having a season there, um, I think is really cool. There's a there's an animated series um, 
well, it's a series. It's two movies. It's like part one and part two, The Long Halloween. And it goes through like a year, basically. And so you see all the seasons in Gotham. And that, cool. you know, that that's, aspect's really cool. Um, but here, the the only thing that... Um, I Gotham felt kind of smaller to me than the first one. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. a little bit less lived in. Like, I think something about having a reporter and the reporters and whatever and the party, like it felt a little bit more like... I felt like I had a little better idea of like what goes on in Gotham like most of the time. Whereas here, mm-hmm. it felt like it really was mostly focused on this small number of characters. Um, I think part of that might be that the original was filmed in um, in England. And then they filmed this in the US. So they didn't necessarily use... I mean, I think they stored all the sets for a long time or something. But like... Right. It looks studio them, so. and card like it looks yeah. very yeah. not CGI but whatever they would do. Yeah, I mean, studio, it's technically it's Rockefeller. You know, right. you it have looks like, yeah. exactly. It's just like Rockefeller, yeah. but it looks like sets as opposed to um, like location shots. So right. I just feel like Gotham here doesn't breathe quite as much, and maybe <laughs> wait it works till we get some. to the Joel Schumacher ones. Jesus yeah, well, Christ. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this, like this <laughs> condensing box from movie to movie, but. Um, what- Part, part of it, I think, is you kind of brought this up. Uh, it feels very surreal, you know? Right. And, like, I, I'm sure there's better movie-making uh, terms for this. But, like, to me, this is a huge range, but I'm going to kind of put it into two binaries. I feel like there's a mo- some movies are, here are things that are happening that you might see with your own eyes. And we're just pointing a camera at it so you can see the people doing the things. Mm-hmm. And then there's other movies where it's like, we're going to make the lighting and the sets and the camera angles tell the story as much and and so like we're not saying that this looks like a real life thing you would see it is meant to be surreal it's meant to be art artistic license and things like that and i feel like that 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 to me is exactly what gotham was you know Mm -hmm. and and i i liked a lot of that but i did feel like it was a little like having someone tell burton to maybe be 80 percent instead of 100 percent tim burton is not a bad thing yeah this, this this definitely felt like that thing of like all right the editors are no longer worried about you. You get to do your own thing. And right. Maybe yeah. those editors had an idea. And to me, it's not like having 20% less Burton. It's having 20% of other stuff that then the very Burton-y Burton stuff contrasts with. So you get like a little more contrast. So, you know, I feel like there are yeah. a lot fewer daylight scenes here. And yeah. one of the things I like about daytime scenes in an otherwise dark movie is then the darkness is darker yet. For yeah. the, the yeah. light that you but just But that's every of, time yeah. they show Selena Kyle in the day after she becomes Catwoman, they just put more and more black makeup <laughs> under yeah. her eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. I, I will say one thing I really liked in terms of the, the Batman story is, you know, it, it's fairly common, especially in this era, for like every every movie, the male lead has a different love interest. And normally it's like, you know, James Bond movies, I think, are the, are the king of this. But a lot of them, like... You just completely forget that the last love interest ever existed. Right. I kind of liked that not only does he mention Ricky Vale, but kind of continuing what we were talking about before in the last one, Paul, about him being kind of awkward. He does that thing you're never supposed to do on an early date of like bringing up his ex, and talking about his ex. <laughs> right. like, she did ask. I, no, no, he did bring it up, right? Yeah, but like, yeah, but said, I mean, even if she Vail, asks, like, skater. you don't have to go into it too much. Yeah. You don't have to right. be like, yeah, she kind of left me a broken man, and I don't really know what I'm doing anymore. Uh, but, <laughs> and then know. this whole thing about, like, well, it, it was the two truths, and she couldn't wreck it. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, don't do that. Of course Bruce, this version of Bruce would do that, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I just, just for the movie to acknowledge that so much, I was like, okay, that, that's kind of cool. You yeah. don't see that very often. She liked it. 
Right, yeah. exactly. Like, he's still so awkward, right, like, around women in terms of, like, trying, like, that he's interested in. And then he's also so bad at lying. They <laughs> like, both oh, are. It's, it's a business trip. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, they she wasn't any better. Yeah, but in the first one, he was it. like, oh, uh, I've, I've got to go on a business <laughs> trip. Yeah, yeah, business trip. And it's like, that's the only thing he can think of, even though apparently right. he never goes on business trips. He does all his business in Gotham. But, like... Yeah, I, I enjoyed that awkwardness. And I think what she liked about him was that he actually was awkward and, like, mm-hmm. honest. You know, I, I, that, yeah. and that that's, you know, a lot of the advice that people give. Oh, don't do this. Don't do that. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily particularly good advice, especially if you're trying to look for someone that you want to, like, forge a long-term connection with. Like, yeah. yeah if, he's like, if, you're kind of dark. Do you want to have yeah. dinner? Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... It, like, they both like he, that about each other. Mm-hmm. He, he's miles away from being smooth. And right. I think she like Like, Max is smooth. Right. She's right. seen that fakery, and she likes that, I think, a lot about him. Yeah, but exactly. it's just like... Like, Christian Bale Batman would never in a million years do this, you know? Right. Like, no, yeah. That... Um, also, or Alfred... Or animated series Batman, I think. Yeah, you yeah. Know. In both of those, also, I think Alfred would would never um, would know to cover for him as well. Right. right like, right, yeah. oh yeah, business trip, of course. You know, like <laughs> this Alfred's, Alfred's like, oh, let me show you the Batcave. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't let Vicky Bale down into the Batcave. <laughs> All right. I love so, that Alfred so much, though. I like mm-hmm. the Burton Alfred is just like he's my favorite. Mm-hmm. He's so adorable. Yeah. He might be the very... least helpful, but he definitely <laughs> looks like Alfred. <laughs> Though I also thought it was interesting that they let him be so very wrong. Like, because uh, you were saying, uh, maybe uh, this was me as well, but he gets pulled in by, by Penguin at first. Like, he's telling Michael Oh, Keaton, Alfred, yeah. Yeah, he's telling uh, Bruce Wayne, like, no, nah, just, just let people be happy, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. For sure. Uh, all right, well, so let's kind of, um, the, the wrap-up question I tend to ask now is the, uh, is this your Batman? Uh, and... Since there's not much of Batman, I'm going to ask you just for, is this your Batman? Is this your Penguin? Is this your Catwoman? Is this your Gotham? Okay. You want me to go first? Yeah, why don't you go yeah. first? It is, oh, it is my Catwoman. It is yeah. my Penguin, but I don't watch all the animated stuff, so don't judge me. Um, and we'll see what What's-His-Face does, Colin Firth. Uh, it's not my Batman. Um, and I have to say, I really like, I do like the Gotham, but that's mm-hmm. just because I like magical whatever you were saying realism. magical realism yeah. yeah the batman and like the the nolan batmans the gotham's cool but it's just it's every city put together right mm-hmm. yeah yeah this gotham visually is very much my gotham although i, I feel like it's very similar to the first one and i liked the first mm-hmm. one a little better in that regard but this one mm-hmm. um you know i mean it's beautiful you know it's beautiful in yeah. this it's like broken dark. down dark old city kind of way that mm-hmm. like i grew up in hell's kitchen like yeah you know, like i would I love to, to live it. there in you yeah know. Mm-hmm. exactly um catwoman i really enjoy this catwoman yeah, she's not the catwoman that's like my first choice of like what to see in a catwoman if she's going to be in more than one thing um mm-hmm. also they were going to do a spinoff with her as catwoman and then Ooh. they that ended up going through a bunch of rewrites and a bunch of different potential actresses that and sucks. ended up being the Halle Berry film. So, oh, no. Well, yeah. That, but that wasn't at all what they were going to do with, with this Catwoman. <laughs> and I think having this Catwoman have a spinoff, I think, could have been really cool. You yeah. Know, that would have yeah. been maybe something really interesting to see. Um, 
This Penguin, again, kind of like Catwoman, I feel like is a great performance of this version of the character. Um, not really the character I would want to see through a long series of, of films or TV so shows. I kind yeah. of feel like all of the villains here are these super mm -hmm. over-the-top, kind of similarly, you know, quite insane, kind of. Like, as opposed mm -hmm. to having these, like, really different kind of motives for one it's another totally right. why i like it it's just pure chaos both right of them. and it's like yeah it works in the film yeah you know but it's like, not everyone's of, cup of tea right <laughs> and and that's one of the nice things about having films that are kind of standalones like this you know you were mentioning it does you know he it does reference vicky vale i hadn't even remembered that but i was glad to see that that it didn't have this like amnesia like a lot of yeah. sequels back then usually did right uh, mm -hmm. particularly about, you know, female characters. They're like, oh, we're on to the next one, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. but like, it, I, I, I like that there isn't too much continuity in that it is like, it's just, it's its own movie. And if you love it, you can watch it every Christmas, right? If you don't, you don't have to. And you're not going to be like, oh, but then I'll miss what happened in the next one. I won't get the reference. It's like, it's fine, you know. Fine. Um, and in terms of Batman, like, I think this is like, we didn't even really talk that much about Batman, partially because he wasn't the main character, really, in the movie. Right. But I, I feel like Michael Keaton's Batman in the Tim Burton movies, I feel like these villains would not have worked if you had, like, Christian Bale's Batman. A hundred percent. I feel like he did what yeah. any good, you know, straight man does in a comedy, which is, like, sort of, you know, set things up and give them room to chew all the furniture and kind of be a little bit like, are you done? Okay, now we're going to do this. Yeah. And, you know, and so, like, in terms of feel and look, like, very much my Batman. In terms of tossing people into pits with explosives and letting them blow up, <laughs> not so much. Yeah, I, I think it's going out. Because I was thinking, like, in a lot of ways, this is this is even less my Batman than the last one. But also here he's the detective. You know, this right. is, yeah, I think... I I think of all of the Batman movies, this is the one where he's the most of a detective. And I do really love that. Yeah. And part of it's also because in this one, there's nothing whatsoever about him striking fear into the hearts right. of, you know, people. And, and like, Chris, you know, the Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan, that's much more on the, like, the fear, you know, theatricality <laughs> side of things. So, yeah, so I guess for me, like... Um, I think this is one of my cat women. I think this is like, you know, um, th there's a couple of different perspectives. I, th I think, honestly, it, I think my two favorites right now are Eartha Kitt and then the the one from the Harley Quinn. Mm. But this one, I think, is another very good portrayal. I think Michelle Pfeiffer is a fantastic portrayal. And I think this is... There's a part of me that, want, that, that like, doesn't love the idea that the love interest is always the one who's going to have more of a sympathetic aspect to their villainy. Right. Um, and so I think that's kind of why I push back on it a little bit, but I do think like, you know, avenging, uh, avenging woman who's been mistreated by her bosses and the men in her life, like that's a real story yeah. that deserves to get told. And there's some righteousness anger to that, that character. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as much as I love Danny DeVito, this is very, this, that his role is probably the one that strikes me as the most off because I think the penguins that I most love uh, especially from the animated series, but also from Gotham and some other things. Like like this penguin, the whole point is like they're trying to make him dignified, but they're trying to put a monster into a tuxedo. Right. Like other penguins, he look he is in a tuxedo. Like the point yeah. is that he is a high cultured, classical, like he knows what fork to Danny Zabito doesn't Shrek know what who looks like penguin. Yeah, yeah. Like like 
Danny DeVito doesn't know what fork to use. And to me, Penguin should know what fork to use at a fancy dinner, yeah. you know? I think so. you called it earlier, though, with it. It was about, like, society being so easily, like, oh, you, you can take this person who's not a bad guy, who looks like a monster, you know, theoretically or whatever, trying to tiptoe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and everyone's like, yeah, you guys said so. All the celebrities said so. He's a great guy. <laughs> and then just like that, it turns. So it's like almost like the people of Gotham are almost a villain in this, too. <laughs> yeah. So there is a sort of a Philadelphia reference because they have that one statue in the Rockefeller Center of Gotham of the guy, the, the boxer holding up his fists in 100% the, <laughs> ro the Rocky statue. statue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That statue so, was not probably up by the time when that movie came out. <laughs> well, so, so if we go with that further, though, if the if part of the idea is, can you put Penguin in a suit and have everyone believe it? Now I want the two old guys from Trading Places <laughs> to be like, kind of watching it, you know? Mortimer like, and uh, what's his name? I can't remember the other. From, always, from the trading I, places and coming to America verse. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And to my mind, that I, I think of them as Staldo. To me, they're kind of the live action right, two Muppets. The Muppet. Absolutely, <laughs> that's so funny. All right, we're now way off kilter. So, any, any um any last comments from either of you about this movie? Um, I still listen to and love the Suxi and the Banshee song that they specifically did for the Masquerade Ball. I feel like the Tim Burton Batman movies have the best musical soundtracks and like scores of yeah, so many Batman movies. I love the Hans Zimmer ones. Let me like correct <laughs> myself. But I like like the you get Prince to do every song yeah. in your first one. Yeah. And then you have like Suxy and the Banshee and Danny Elfman like just killing it with this one. I, I really appreciate the scores. Yeah. And, and I kind of like that because, Paul, you pointed out that in the first movie, it felt like Danny Elfman is writing the music for Batman and Prince is writing the music for the Joker. Right. Yeah. And so here I kind of I like, again, I love like, that. Oh, wow. Right. And, and here it sounds like now it's Dan Danny Elfman is again writing the music for Gotham and Batman and Susie and the Banshees are writing the music for, for Catwoman. Yeah. So I like that, that kind of works. Yeah. There's if the, the, the Selena transformation with the violins, like it must've been, it's such a hard violin noise and mm. just plucks, but it works so well. But like, I, I remember trying to do it on my violin and it's just like, wee! like oh god no you can't play that note but somehow they do it and it make yeah. it sound so magically creepy and beautiful yeah. oh, i just love it <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome <clears throat> all right well thank you both so much really glad we can make this work um uh ashley what are you up to these days you're are you podcasting anywhere else these days <laughs> sometimes um so you can find me on the mcu cast the marvel cinematic universe podcast we have a very special episode of superhero ethics coming out about jaws uh, yep. which will be fun. fun. Uh, Boba Fett weekly, not this week for me, but uh, next week I will be back on mm -hmm. and Peacemaker on PandaVision. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So I, much. I think, I think the Jaws episode will come out before this one comes out, but yeah, definitely check out the Jaws episode. That's a lot of fun. And I will say, if you enjoyed the Jaws episode, that was 100% Ashley. <laughs> Ashley came to me and said, here are these two guests I have. Here's this idea I have. Um, so definitely give Ashley all the credit because I think it's one of the best episodes we've done in it's quite fun. a while. Oh, thank you. Um, Zen Badman, uh, we cannot email you, <laughs> Zen Madman at Gmail, as um, apparently whoever has the Zen Madman at Gmail account has been being invited to these podcasts <laughs> for the last couple months uh, and has been getting all of our outlines. 
Um, but uh, thank God I'm not profit sharing with you yet. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah. So tell us more about uh, what the Zen Madman is up to these days. Uh, the Zen Madman is installing acoustic foam and got a lovely new mic that sounds even better um, and uh, doing a lot of things to try and get ready to start doing a lot of things. So <laughs> hopefully uh, I'll be on Twitch again soon, Zen Madman on Twitch and on Twitter, not on Gmail. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I'm doing. Awesome. We I'm around. taking my car to the shop again. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. Uh, for those who know me, you obviously can find my podcasts about this, about Star Wars, about other stuff, all at theethicalpanda.com. Uh, or you can also search for The Ethical Panda on Twitter, Facebook, etc. Uh, definitely check the other stuff out, but most importantly, that's the best way we can get feedback. We love getting feedback. We'd love to hear more from you all about um, what, what's your, how do you feel about Batman uh, Returns? How does this fit into your personal pantheon of who is your Batman? What do you think of this portrayal of Catwoman, of Penguin? Um, especially because I think all three of us watched this movie when we were young. I would really love to hear from people who grew up later who probably like maybe the Batman from the animated series was your first penguin and now went back and watched this one. Or like you grew up with the Catwoman from that series or the Catwoman from, um, uh, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman from, uh, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, you know, would love to hear from you. What do you think of these portrayals? Um, write it right into us. You can find all the ways on theethicalpanda.com. So I'll have myself, Paul, Ashley, thank you all for listening in and have a great day. Bum, 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 bum. Dun, 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 dun. <clears throat> I'm Batman. <laughs> oh, no. Mistletoe to be deadly if you eat it. <laughs> even deadlier. Um, a kiss could be a even kiss. deadlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you if mean you it. it. <laughs> e, e, e. I could. A plan is forming. <laughs> <laughs>